day two of me having flu-like symptoms, I started to feel a little bit better, and, and now it's just come back. And this is painful, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you decide to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the full coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. We do things a little bit differently. We do it from Big Sky Country. Billings, Montana. We cover ASU football, ASU basketball, and for today, ASU baseball a little bit later. Um, and that's all presented by the unofficial presenting sponsor of Muya Billings. Yeah, a little bit later, we have um, three of the four ASU major sports head coaches uh, joined. Um, newsmakers week kind of talking about the state of their program the state of ASU as a whole they still don't have a athletic director um, which is a bad and stupid move but maybe it's just one of those things where no one wants to come here um, that that's kind of been a, a speculation that I've had for a little bit I'm just now mentioning it so I failed you but I have a feeling that there, there's a couple of guys that are interested in the athletic director job for ASU, um, but either the price tag is not mat- matching and, and um, Arizona State is being cheap, so they, they're not going to get themselves the guy or, or a great um, replacement. Um, and then all the ones that you know maybe they, they could afford – they don't necessarily want to come here. They, they have better opportunities or they like where they already are. Um, and I, I strongly believe that, and it's very unfortunate. Um, but uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, and I have, you know, one, one of those situations where um, something kind of heavy on, on my heart that I, I'm, you know, there's no easy way to um, uh, transition out uh, from it, but... I took another day off, used some um, paid vacation to cover my absence, and, and you know, I'm still not feeling well. Thankfully, I have a, a day off tomorrow. Hopefully, I can get rid of this thing. I have enough hours where I can use Friday if needed, but I really don't want to um, because I feel like if I can power through 5 to 2, that seems to fly by so quickly, or maybe half of it get again so I don't have to use so many hours. I have no idea. I have enjoyed kind of being at home, but it's kind of sucked because, like I said, that this 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 body ache pain is 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 pretty painful. I don't know if it's anything I've ever experienced before, um, and uh, still, to my knowledge, no um, no fever. And what's even worse is that my mom started coughing. So hopefully, she gets on top of it and she doesn't uh, experience anything I have because you know that's that's rough. Um, but the situation we're dealing with, and, and if you are uh, someone of faith that, that uh, um, uh, can pray, then I would really appreciate it. And, and um, my mom and JD are really stressing. I, you know, I'm kind of stressing about it, but I, I take news a lot better and differently than, than most because my trust in, in God, and that's where I'm standing on. But we received a letter like, just a couple hours before I, I started to gather information and started to record and figure out what I was going to talk about today. Um, not that we're uh, bad tenants and being evicted for a bad reason, but we did get one that that's um, and probably in lieu of some of the 
um, difficulties the owner has uh, gone through with this house, a uh, couple of um, remodeling things that he's basically had to pretty much do. Excuse me. Um, from snaking the plumbing twice now, um, their their roots are are coming out of the plumbing. It's like there there's roots from a tree that's puncturing it and clogging it all up, and that's happened twice. And they think one of them was. Um, from the other day was uh, unfinished business from before um, they uh, had to cut out the carpet so that's another cost um, uh, last fall or spring or I can't remember when it was they had to remove a tree a tree fell and cracked and and uh, didn't damage any of the house a little bit of the fence and gate but not not enough and so they had to basically remove a tree and I know that's not cheap and so I, we believe that it's based off of maintenance. He doesn't tell us, but that we have 30 days to leave. And so um, I'm going to pray publicly for our situation, if you don't mind agreeing with me. And and uh, even if it's been 30 days from now, and, you know, I'll have an update as, as I can, um, continue to pray. Like, it, you know, if you're just now hearing this and it, that you like, oh, man, I'm, I got to ca- catch up. I know what he's talking about is obsolete. It might not be. And might, you know, we might still need your prayers. Um, and so I appreciate you praying and continue to pray. Um, anybody and everybody that listens to this, but father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Some, uh, as one that understands that you can do anything, absolutely anything. This doesn't catch you by surprise. Um, the, the stress added to, uh, the three of us is is uh, starting to peak, and we don't know where we're going, what we're doing. We don't have a, a plan because this is so unexpected, but I pray that you have your will and your way in this situation, um, that uh, you, you uh, find us a place to go, whether it's my mom and JD on their own or me on my own and or all of us together still, I, you know, whatever it might be. I pray that you would uh, find a way that we would have favor um, in this situation that you give us favor and, uh, um, we're thankful that you, that you can do anything and everything, um, and that you are not caught off a of guard on this and you are already been working well before we even received the news. And, and, uh, I stand on that and I just pray that you would give us peace that surpasses all of our understanding for when your pe- uh, when our understanding stops, your perfect peace can make a way and break through. And uh, especially my mom and JD, they're stressed to the max. I pray for them specifically. In your mighty name, I pray. Amen. Uh, didn't mean to have that minute much dead air, but I had a couple of coughs that uh, um, hit me. But anyway, I thank you guys for your prayers on, on that. And then also um, praying over this uh, illness that I shake it completely and it doesn't start to go away and I feel a hundred percent better. And then, and then, you know, comes, uh, comes back with what seems like a vengeance. Um, but there's no easy way to transition out of that except for to just to say, I hope you guys are doing well and that you're facing something a lot easier than we are. And I'm sure there's others out there that are facing worse. So, um, prayers for you as well, that if you're facing wor- something similar or, or worse uh, and uh, you're, you're a real test, that I pray that you would um, get through it, that the Lord would be with you as well. Um, but uh, all of our sound credits are for Arizona Sports uh, YouTube page. Um, we have a, 
uh, three Suns topics, and then um, uh, everything else is ASU, and we will uh, uh, start, um, let's see, um, we will go ahead and start with ASU first. Some of that is a little bit older than the Suns stuff, um, and um, and then because uh, the Suns have a game uh, tomorrow, I believe, um, yes, it is tomorrow. Um, this kind of help us uh, get ready for the the next uh, you know twenty seven twenty nine games or whatever they have left, and how crucial that is. So that'll be kind of setting up the second half, and I think that will flow pretty good. So we have uh, 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 two back to back segments of ASU from um, Arizona Sports uh, with um, Di- uh, uh, Kenny Dillingham, Willie Bloomquist, Willie Bloomquist, f- former Arizona Diamondback shortstop. Um, that is a, the ASU head coach and uh, Bobby Hurley talking about the state of their program um, and the state of Arizona State and what you know what they're doing um, during this time of, of no athletic director, which is absolutely ridiculous. So all that and more is uh, up next, um, and it's all presented by um, Muya Billings. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the Cheddar Bacon Barbecue Burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the Muya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good, I always leave satisfied, but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Muya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy Rico. He'll hook you up and tell him I sent you. Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. Yeah, we continue your Newsmakers Week 2024. It's day one. We've already talked to Tori Lovello, Bryce Drew. We continue with uh, ASU baseball head coach Willie Bloomquist joining us in studio. Not just joining us in studio. But on a game day, Dan Bickley. Willie, thanks for That's coming commitment, in. That's commitment, man. Well, you guys, are, you guys are special, so I figured <laughs> I, would, I would make this happen for you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, season gets underway. Year three at the helm of ASU baseball. Uh, you take the uh, two or three uh, in opening weekend against Santa Clara. Lo- lots of runs. If you liked offense, you were pr- probably pretty happy. But uh, what was your synopsis of the opening weekend, Willie? Uh, it was entertaining for the fans, and that, that was great. <laughs> but not so much for uh, the manager. For for the coach and and Sammy, my pitching coach. So we we had a uh, we had, you know, we we're buying stock and tums here early on. But uh, no, it it was a fun weekend. You know, Santa Clara is a good team. They're a regional team last year. They got everybody returning. They're very older. They're older, experienced teams. So we knew we were going to have our hands full with them. But uh, you know, our guys battled, played hard, and and put up a lot of runs. Kept uh, coming back, and it was back and forth affair with both of those uh, Saturday and Sunday games. Um, but you know, turning the page on that, we got Kansas State tonight, who's a top 25 team, and 
you know, they're not going to be easy either. So uh, it'll, it'll be a fun one tonight. Let's talk about expectations because the history of ASU baseball, anybody who's been here for a while knows the history is fantastic. The big names that came through here, the successes that was happened back in the 70s and, and you name it, um, it, it created an unrealist, unrealistic expectation among fans who, who want that in the current day and age all the time. And it's very, very difficult with the parody in college baseball. So your thoughts on where you're at in the evolution of where you want this program to go and how you want it to be well i think you're spot on i mean it's uh it's a different era you know it's we're, we're in a we're in a new era with nil and transfer portal and all that stuff and so it, it's very difficult to remain uh to get to the top uh, first and foremost and then sustain that you know for over a length of time um you know where we're at i think we're growing we're getting better um and but we still got a lot of work to do um we still need to get deeper we still got to get better um you know with this ever-changing environment that we're in um landscape that we're in in college sports it's we have to you know we're starting to figure out this nil stuff and move forward in that department whether you like it or not we would just we have to we have, have to, to evolve it. there and and be successful and retain our guys and that that's just it is what it is but um you know i think it like you said the parody in college baseball has never been greater um you know the, the the players as a whole across the board are just better i mean you you, you see schools that you never heard of before and they're <laughs> they're knocking mm-hmm. off top five teams and top 10 teams in the country you're like wow i didn't know i never heard of them but um there's good players all over out there so anyone can beat anybody on any given day and um i think when you look at that it, it, it makes it it makes it much more difficult to build a dynasty and, and keep a dynasty so um, we're on the right trend um, but but we got work to do still Willie Bloomquist the head coach of ASU baseball our guest here on Newsmakers Week on Bickley and Murata mornings uh, you, you touched on NIL we talked to Bobby Hurley a lot about NIL how it affects college basketball we talked to Kenny Dillingham at football don't have a lot of information I don't at least on how NIL is affected college baseball how, how big of a factor is it for you on a, on a daily basis it, it certainly is um it, it's it's trickling to baseball rapidly mm-hmm. i think uh you know when you look at, at some of these schools that just have truckloads of, of nil stuff and and um you know it makes it difficult in the recruiting world you know if you, if you need a good weekend starter i mean you better come to the table with with some serious coin if you're gonna if you're gonna rally the troops and try to get him on on campus mm-hmm. um and that that's something that that we we obviously need the help with if we're going to be able to do that if not then you have to shift your recruiting to you know the younger players out of high school and and give them opportunities which is kind of what we've done here the past couple of years we started five freshmen last year uh this year it's our pitchers that, that are young that are going to get the opportunity so you know, we've shifted our, our recruiting, you know, not solely, but largely on, on the younger incoming freshmen that, and, and Hey, we got to develop these kids. And then, you know, the difficult part or the challenging part is once we develop them, we got to retain them yeah. and keep them here. So, um, that's kind of our approach right now. And not to say we won't dabble in the portal from time to time. We certainly will. But, um, I think for, for us to be sustainable for a long period of time, we got to recruit the the talented high school kids and try to retain them here. Yeah, it's weird, though, in, in baseball, especially because there's that, that minor league option for players coming out of high school or whenever they're drafted. If they want to get paid, they can go get paid in the minors. Um, I mean, does has that uh, – I mean, it's just kind of a weird – juxtaposition of things because you know if a player stays in college but then also decides i want to get paid or i can get paid i imagine that's a, a really delicate line for a head coach or a recruiting coordinator to go through 
it makes her head spin, yeah. um, especially <laughs> with, uh, you know, the timing of the, the major league draft mm-hmm. um, is after the portal closes. So you don't know who you're losing or who you're getting back. Um, and, you know, these kids that'll kind of pull the rug out, so to speak, at the last minute and jump ship on you that you thought you were getting back. So what we have to you know, we have to get insurance. We have to, in a sense, over-recruit and, and get guys just in case we lose a bunch in the draft like we did this year. We mm. lost every arm we had, you know, yeah. in the draft this year, which, you know, is good for the incoming so, freshmen. But, yes. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like, okay, we what are we going to what are we gonna do now? And, and you know, you lose a, a kid at the last minute in the portal and, and you weren't thinking you were going to lose him, and now what do you do? So it makes it very, very challenging with the timing of the draft, all these factors that, that come into it as a head coach and having to still remain under 11.7 scholarships. And, and that's a whole nother discussion. But when, when you have these factors, it makes it very, very challenging um, to where, yeah, if you had, if you had a nice pool of NIL money that you could fall back on and, Mm -hmm. and not have to use scholarship money in order to get a kid here, that would be, that'd be great. But um, yeah, a lot of factors that we got to deal with. Before the Slugfest, uh, I read that Thomas Burns was the first true freshman to start a season opener in 18 years. Did pretty good, didn't he? He was great. Uh, You know, Thomas was awesome. He, he, uh, he did as we were kind of expecting him to do. He just, he doesn't get too high or too low Um, kid. That's a, you know, tough kid, hockey player, kind in high school so he doesn't get he doesn't get over emotional and that's yeah. why I, I like him on Friday because he just comes out and trusts his stuff and does his job so he, he did outstanding in terms of expectations this year and, and going back to last year you guys were sitting pretty for a while the end of the season got a little rough even with the rough ending you were right on the doorstep of making a regional you got left out how much does that drive you your staff your your returning players to to, to get over that hump this year well i think it, you use it as motivation obviously it was disappointing and still disappointing if i'm being honest um you know we we went down that stretch run where we we had some bumps and bruises without without arguably our best player and ryan campos you know mm-hmm. during that with a, with an oblique injury so we didn't have him for the and we were still Every doesn't help, but every game we lost was one or two run game against Stanford and, and uh, you know, SC, who was a pretty good team last year. And, and so the, that kind of stung a little bit that we got left out. But you use it as motivation, um, you know, remind our guys to finish the job. And we're doing even drill work in the, in yeah. the fall and the spring. Like, hey, you remember what happened? We have to yeah. focus on every little detail and get everything done right and finish the job. So, um, you know, use it as motivation. Use it as a, as a stepping stone to, to bring the program forward. Forward and you know, hopefully our guys uh, will respond to that. I think when when you took on this gig at ASU, um, a lot of people were very happy for a lot of obvious reasons, but it's certainly something you didn't have to do. So what you're doing is basically a labor of love. Is that still the case? And how is how is the process of it playing with you? How how do you en- do you enjoy this the way you thought you might? You know that it's. Um it is, and I appreciate that. It's uh, something that, yeah, you're right. I didn't necessarily have to do, um, but my passion for Arizona State's always been very deep. And and when this opportunity got got kind of thrown at me, it was it was like, wow. Um, I, I thought I was kind of done on the baseball field, you know, for for a significant amount of time. But when this got thrown at me with a chance to to go back at to ASU, where the place that I'm very passionate about, I'm like, man, that that actually lights my fire and gets me nervous a little bit. So, (laughs) um, you know, it makes, lets me know I'm still alive. And, and so when I took on the challenge of it, I knew it was, wasn't going to be easy. Um, and it, 
I'm I'm loving it. I enjoy it. It is extremely challenging, uh, you know, on a day to day basis. But um, like I said, I think that that's what what drives me to continue to keep going and and try to, you know, be be good at this job and and get this program hopefully to where. Um, to where we're sustainable year in and year out and we're pretty good so uh like i said we're, we're on the right track i think uh we still got a little ways to go but but i i do love what i'm doing mm-hmm. i love it here the the fans have been great the alumni support has been good um so I, i'm loving it and i'm, I'm really enjoying what Fantastic. i'm doing yeah sun devils have a game tonight at phoenix muni against kansas state and then a four-game series starting on thursday against ohio state so a great uh, opportunity to get out to phoenix muni and watch the uh, sun devils willie thanks so much for coming in Good to catch up with yeah, you. Yeah, great seeing luck. you, Willie. Yes, great seeing you guys. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, come on out. We'll go, go Devils. Yes, go <laughs> Devils. Right. Let's go. The head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, Bobby Hurley, joins us in studio as part of Newsmakers Week 2024. Bobby, thanks so much for coming in today. Great Appreciate to, it. Great to be with you yeah, guys. Who scheduled this interview after that basketball game, Bobby? <laughs> Who's in charge of that? Well, you guys have the privilege of, of seeing me in public for the first time since Saturday. <laughs> I've, uh, You've I've, been I've, low pro I, Yeah, I've been in hiding. <laughs> Uh, you know, we did we did serious uh, you know damage control on Sunday. Usually Sunday is always my off day with the guys. You know, after a Saturday game, it's kind of common uh, pattern. But we all had to spend more quality time together on Sunday. Yeah. You know, watching film and mm-hmm. uh, you know just getting our conditioning right again because uh, we were not able to unfortunately keep up with Arizona in terms of running with them in the open court. Our defense getting back on defense. So we had to rehearse that uh, on the practice floor uh, some on, oh on Sunday well, physically. Mid-season gassers, nothing like them. The, the way that started on Saturday night, though, you guys came out shooting the ball well, nine for your first 13, and then it just kind of fell apart. Was that was that internal? Was that something that Arizona did to you? Yeah, was it a well, combo? They're a very explosive team. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I've watched I watch a lot of college games. You know, I watch you know, my brother's team quite a bit. Uh, you know, I think Arizona is one of a few teams that, in my opinion, you know, could win the whole thing right now. They're just seeing seeing them live. I mean, they they have Balo that around the basket is so dominant, and then you know, Caleb Love is hitting contested twenty five footers. Uh, so it's hard to stop everything that they do, but you can't hurt yourself, especially on the road. And we unfortunately had some, you know, untimely turnovers in the first half and a game that should have been a lot closer at the half ended up being, you know, 18 points. So we were, uh, you know, we dug a big hole for ourselves like the last six minutes of that first half. Yeah. And that can happen against a really super good team. But again, the fact that it's Arizona, of course, it hits the fan base differently. And now you've got to deal with all the residue of that. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's painful. It's, uh, it's something I take very personally. You know, after doing this now in my ninth year, I understand what the rivalry feels like, what it means to, you know, both fan bases, and uh, how important that game is. So, to not perform the way the way we necessarily have to, uh, I have to take you know all the bullets for that. I have to do a better job making sure that that we're more competitive uh, in a game against a team like Arizona. Do you feel like the atmosphere was a little bit different there after what happened in Tucson last year? You guys stole one at the buzzer on, on, a, on a Hail Mary shot. Well, I know basically. how I felt that the handshake line was a lot different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we could start right there, Definitely. but, you know, but it was, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say they were like out for revenge. I think they're like really good. They've been able to do that to a few teams this year yeah. in our league and in some league games, especially at the McHale Center. 
but I, I just don't know how much uh, we had three guys returning from that team. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how many they had three or four. So there's so much turnover right now, year to year. I'm not sure that there was like a revenge message from, from uh, the Arizona side. All right, so when you take a look now, and, and obviously when you lose that big to a school like Arizona, there's going to be a portion of the fan base that starts screaming about your job. It's nothing you haven't heard before. You're in year nine, and, and in my vantage point, you've been very close of a, a few different times to cracking through and really kind of getting this program in a different level. So so reset all of that for you. How do you feel about where you're at and what this program needs to avoid nights like that in the future? Yeah, um, well, I mean... <laughs> I, we fought as hard as we could. I mean, I, I felt like I did. I thought like, you know, the guys, you know, we were overwhelmed in that game. They were, uh, you know, they were doing things that, that we couldn't stop. And uh, there weren't a lot of answers. Uh, and there are sometimes, unfortunately, nights like that. Uh, we have to be more consistent. That game reminded me some of how we played against Oregon at Oregon. We were really good up five in the first half and then mm. ended up losing by 18. And we just, you know, we're like two different teams within one game. We have to find more of a level of consistency, and our coaching staff needs to do a better job of trying to extract that from this team. But long term, we have to stay the course. You know, I've gotten this program to the NCAA tournament numerous times, uh, and I, you know, I'm under contract for another two years. I have a, you know, we have a very good recruiting class coming in, and uh, you know, I'm actively working on the NIL front as as many of our people at, at ASU are now and understand the importance of that to try and build that up so that we are in the in the ballpark you know with some other programs you know from an NIL standpoint Bobby Hurley the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils our guest in studio during uh, newsmakers week prior to what happened in Tucson on Saturday Two really good performances that went up in Salt Lake City they don't lose at home very often and I thought the game Wednesday against Oregon State and yeah, they've had a tough year, but that was a complete effort. How do you get your team back to that level, especially after a, a loss of that size? Yeah, you get punched in the mouth like that, and you get knocked down. You know, you have to find a way to to you know to get back up. And uh, it's been in my nature to have tough moments like that and not not give in. And uh, that's why we were in there on Sunday. You know, and, and that's why we watched the whole game again. And we uh, w that's why we went on the practice floor, even though guys were physically tired from, uh, you know, from the Arizona game. Uh, I think the message on Sunday, too, was, hey, fellas, you know, in a few weeks we're going to be playing in the Pac-12 tournament. And uh, you're going to play on one day, and then you have to come back and play the next day right away. So, you know, don't uh, complain about the physical nature of practice after a tough loss. Let's figure out how to start thinking about how we're going to perform in the Pac-12 tournament. And, uh, you know, we have five games left. We have the Washington schools this week, which uh, both present different challenges. But Washington State's having a heck of a season. Mm -hmm. uh, is you know, strongly in the mix for the NCAA tournament. So those two games are going to be tough. And then, obviously, Arizona again at home. And then uh, it's the L.A. schools. So there's five games left to see, you know, what can we do to uh, improve our position in the standings with these last five games? And uh, are, we, are we motivated to have a winning season? And then are we preparing ourselves uh, to get ready for, for the Pac-12 tournament? Yeah, all great questions. Now, when you look at uh, Arizona, they've already hired their new athletic director. You guys have not, although there's some speculation that maybe you're rating for the right candidate. Either way, are you looking forward to having that position filled and maybe having someone to align yourself with to solve some of these issues? 
Uh, yes. I mean, it's, and again, I think everybody's uh, timetable is different as it applies to, to finding the, the appropriate uh, leadership, you know, for the athletic department. Uh, I'm just kind of trying to stay in work mode and, you know, trying to think to the future and, and how the team and the program is going to look uh, for next season as I'm in the moment this year. So I'm kind of multitasking on those <laughs> things, uh-huh. but, but, but I'm, yeah, I'm anxious to, to see, you know, who is going to uh, be prepared to, to kind of lead the entire athletic department moving forward. Bobby, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks yeah, for uh, making time for us today. Absolutely. Thanks for coming Glad down here, man. You got it, guys. Good to out. see you guys face to face. And again, yeah. you look great in the tan, bro. So much different than your days back in Jersey. Oh, yeah. You oh, wear yeah. Arizona well. Perfect. There you go. Thanks, Thank guys. You, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Sun Devils, our guest as we continue Newsmakers Week. I don't have the uh, the cut. I probably can't, uh, won't eat, can't find it, um, but it was after a game. Um, maybe about a month ago, that he was he being Bobby Hurley was asked a very similar question as it pertains to uh, the um, athletic director and uh, kind of had a, a little bit of a jab to Ray Anderson. Um, I I don't know um, all about this, but I do understand that Ray Anderson and, and Bobby Hurley did not jive well at all. And I can't remember exactly what his comment was, but he was basically saying, well, we're, we're excited. Uh, you know, the old regime is gone and we're, we're excited for a new one or something, something like that. Like it, it was, it was a pretty subtle jab at, at, uh, at, uh, Ray Anderson. And, um, you know, there's not just coaches and, and other guys that are, uh, glad Ray is gone. He's, he did a terrible job, led, led terrible, um, not just the last couple of years with, um, you know, how allegations have gone between, um, ASU football and other different things, but the, the whole thing, you know, bad decision after that. And, um, it's just, it's just not been good. So there was a jab, but it, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm speaking loosely. Um, but I, I you know, um, it would, like I said, it take me a little bit to to find it, and I don't know what game it was in a press conference, but he did say it, and um, um, and there there is no love lost between him and uh, and Ray Anderson. Continue Newsmakers Week, day two on this Wednesday. It is our pleasure to welcome into the Auction Community Studios the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils football program, Kenny Dillingham. Coach, thanks for coming in. Great to see you. Of course, appreciate y'all having me. Um. I don't know if you have time to reflect because the life of a college football coach is, is nonstop, but have you had a little time to reflect on year one on the, the bumps, uh, you know, the, the peaks, the valleys, all of it, or is it all just forward, forward viewing now? No question. I think you have to reflect. I think after the year you have to look back and say, okay, what would I have done different? What would I have done the same? What would I tweak? And, you know, for me, I take notes every week of what I liked, what I didn't like about that week. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe we play on a Friday night or we play a morning game and we want to tweak our Friday night schedule before a morning game schedule. So I kind of have a, 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 not a book written, but essentially a weekly updated things of what we would change. And I go back and look at that and say, okay, uh, what do I actually want to apply mm-hmm. that I took notes on during the season for this next season coming forward? Uh, so it's definitely, it's not a, you know, it's an organized reflection, I would say that. 
It is a crazy new world in your profession. I don't have to tell you that. We're seeing guys who are head coaches at lesser universities take coordinators' jobs at bigger schools. What Chip Kelly did makes people go, wow. It's it's a rough time to be a head college football coach in a program trying to get it and make their way. How are you going to handle all this turbulence and weirdness? How are we going to make this happen, Kenny? Yeah, I think you got to hire people, one, that love coaching. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I joke around, but you know how many people want my job? <laughs> like, you know how many people want my assistant coach's jobs uh-huh. and my analyst jobs and the, and the QB and the GA's jobs? So don't complain about what we do. You're blessed. There's a lot of negative of it, yes. But do you know how many people want to be a college football coach? I literally spent nine years of my life doing anything <laughs> to become a coffee boy. So don't Fantastic. give me don't give me the oh it's hard to be a college coach right now. Yeah, it's hard. Then quit. <laughs> that's fantastic like that's how i look that at it fantastic it's so you know you adapt you adjust and is it hard yes but if you love it you're going to do it does it pull away from other things yes find a way to have life balance recruit the kids who understand that i'm not going to call you every single day because i'm going to go home to my kids uh <laughs> and my wife like find the balance that that works for you and it's very very difficult because you never have to turn the switch off you know, back in the day, started going on a tangent, but you used to just have one phone call a week. Mm-hmm. Now you have unlimited texting. So every single day of the year, every minute, you can be working. And if you're not, you feel like you're being outworked. And that's the greatest, hard, the hardest thing in Ooh, college athletics right tough. now is it? there is never a spot that it says, oh, we can't text a kid. Which means wow. you're constantly working, and if you're not, you're being outworked in your head. And I think for competitors, that is the hardest part about college athletics yeah. is you always want to be the best, but in order to be the best, you cannot do anything else because if you do, then somebody else is outworking you. Kenny Dillingham, the head coach of Arizona State Football, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Give us a thumbnail. I know recruiting just wrapped up. With, you got your class announced. Um, give us your thumbnail on, on what you were able to bring in both from high school talent and and transfers. Yeah, I think we got longer and bigger. So up front, we gained weight. You know, we were we were oh, light. That was a good thing. Big thing. We needed it. We were light last year. We needed to gain a lot of weight, and we gained that weight up front. Uh, we oversigned the O line and the D line, which means we have more scholarships than most teams have allotted to those positions, because I think the game is one up front. Uh, by design, and we were, you know, we couldn't kick a field goal last year in a game because we didn't have enough big people. Uh, so I think we solved those issues. And on the edge, at corner and defensive back, uh, I think we got longer. You know, some in this nowadays, everything's RPO based. Everything's find a one on one and throw the ball over and over again into one on ones. The corner position and the ability to cover is a premium. So you have to have length to cover, a length or at least elite athleticism. So we got a lot of length in the back end, and then we got, you know, a couple running backs that uh, can go. Mm-hmm. And that was something last year, you know, through the first, I think it was eight weeks of the season, maybe nine weeks, we didn't have a rush for over 20 yards. And you're not going to be a good team running the football without running and having explosive runs. So we need some speed back there to create explosive plays. I think we solved that. I, uh, I've I've kind of gotten a kick out of watching some Sun Devils fans kind of process what the schedule looks like next year. Just a <laughs> lot of new teams you generally haven't faced. And, and some people have described the Big 12 as a bit different. You're going to go into college towns where these football games mean mean more to them than they do in some of these cities in the West Coast. How do you think this is going to look? Are you excited for it? What's it going to feel like? What this process is going to be? 
I'm super excited. I mean, it's sad to see the Pac-12. That's what I grew up in. So, yeah. like, I try not to look at, oh, what we're missing out on mm-hmm. because it's just, like, we'll never go back there or there. But looking at the future, I was talking to somebody the other day about this, and it's like, our fans, when they travel to these games, are going to feel a college atmosphere every time. And I said, what do we want to bring here? I want to bring that here. Well, the only way to bring somebody is to show them what it looks like. So our fans that travel are going to see it every week, what it should look like to tailgate, what it should look like to, to cheer in unison, what it should look like to pack the stands 35 minutes for a game. They, they're going to feel the passion of the league, and I hope that kind of, you know, comes here a little bit and filters here, which I know it can be and it was at one time, but I think just – Getting in a league like that, that everybody is passionate like that, I think it's going to get our fan base to even step it up another notch, which I thought they did a great job this last year. I think it'll be another notch stepped up because you're a product of your surroundings and the closest people to you. It's proven our closest people to us are avid football fans mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Kenny Dillingham, head coach of the Sun Devils, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings for Newsmakers Week. Uh, Jaden Rashada came in last year, lots of hype, uh, never really got off the ground due to the injury, came back for the last game. Um, and then you bring in a, a transfer, Sam Levitt from, from Michigan State. Tell us about how you foresee that competition going and a, a little bit about both of these candidates and, and, and you know, their, their place in the program right now. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, you know, I have a great relationship with Jaden. You know, I've recruited him for a long time. Uh, Sam, I recruited for a long time as well. I was his first offer when I was at Florida State. Uh, so I've recruited both those kids for, the, for over four years. Uh, and what they both, the competition is just as simple as that. Like I told Jaden, we're going to bring in somebody to compete. I'm going to bring in the best player I can find. I told Sam, yeah, you got to beat him out. It's a competition. So there's not... I know I wish there was like a fancy little thing. It's just may the best man win. Mm-hmm. And then you have Trenton there who's, you know, been a, a really, really solid, smart, you know, leader, a guy people follow. And so I think it'll be a good competition. And what they both bring is, you know, Sam brings, he's a good athlete. He moves really well, off-platform throws, moving out of the pocket uh, a little bit. Uh, I haven't seen him throw live in a few years, but I, his tape from Michigan State is super savvy. You can see it on tape. You see Jaden, who's got the ability and the arm strength as good as probably any quarterback in the country. Um, so you have, and then we already know, everybody knows Trenton. So I think it's a good comp- competition. I think everybody's a little different, which mm-hmm. is the fun part. So I think the competition is a combination of not only who the best is, but what player skill set fits the other guys around them the best Mm. and i think that's a hidden part of the competition people don't think about is it's a puzzle there's 10 other people in the puzzle then there's the quarterback right which Mm -hmm. quarterback fits the puzzle of our team the best to help this team win all right one of the things after the season was over that that sun devil fans were excited about is you you sort of started to kind of like leak out your excitement down the recruiting trail one two and 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 the building excitement of all that uh, there was also renewed excitement from some of the donors in the program. How is that whole thing going? I hate dwelling on NIL, but the uh, fact remains you're also in charge of a salary cap of sorts. You're yeah. in charge of money and <laughs> distributing it. So how's that going? It's going well. I mean, I think the fans have really stepped up. I think the Valley is starting to step up. Uh, way, I mean, we're not even close to where it was 
you know, 15 months ago. It's not even the same organization from a standpoint of the NIL and the support that we've received. So kudos to everybody, Arizona State, the Valley. Now, is it what I think this place can be? No. I still think we have people who don't like it, which, crap, not everybody likes it. Right. I get it. I understand. It's reality. It's the reality. It's like taxes, right? If you don't <laughs> like it, then you know, you're still going to pay your taxes. Okay. <laughs> so it's one of those things that I think the more people get educated on it, and understand that, you know, there was a guy, a kid at Florida who just bought a house for his mom with his NIL money. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a pretty cool story. And I know it's another school and talking about it, but it's it's the money still going to people that are associated with Arizona State football that you're going to watch, that you're going to have affiliation with. And I think the Valley is getting behind us. But I also know this state loves a winner. And I got to do our job in the next two to three years to show that we're going to win football games. And when that happens, everybody rallies behind it. I'm mm-hmm. born and raised here. If you're losing games, nobody shows up. You're winning games. Good luck buying a ticket. Right. Yeah. And that's the valley. That's what it is. People move here when they're successful and they retire and they live here forever because they're a winner. They want to follow a winner. We got to get them there. <laughs> we just need some people to help us get there in the college state of athletics. And then the valley will take care of itself once we get to that level. Well, Kenny, thanks so much for yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go run through this wall for you, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny, I'm fired up, man. Yeah. I'm fired I, up. I am too. Thanks so much for coming you, in. Kenny. Great, great to see you, man. I appreciate appreciate y'all having we'll, me. We'll talk soon. Kenny Dillingham, the uh, head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, joining us in studio for Newsmakers Week. They absolutely, and I've said this many times, they've absolutely nailed that hire. And I love his enthusiasm. I love how blunt he is that, hey, I'm going to bring in this competition. I'm going to bring in that competition. And, you know, who the best man is is, is going to gonna play. You know, and that's how it should should be. And that's how it should be everywhere. And some of these kids, they're just not used to it. They're not used to um adversity like that and and they're promised all these different things and given all these different things because of the generation we live in that's just the way it is but you go to someone like arizona state and um you uh get involved with uh the athletics and, and and specifically um you know football and it's not the way it you thought it was going to be and then so some guys leave, some guys love it, and they rise to the challenge. And I love the culture that they that uh, uh, Kenny Dillingham is is building there. And I hope he's around for for uh, the long haul, uh, most certain. Um, but uh, that's everything ASU I have about half an hour worth. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, not a lot on the athletic director situation. I you know I guess. Um, Maybe they didn't want to touch that, you know, but um, that no, no big deal is it's still a problem, and that that's that's all we need to know. Um, waiting for the the best guy. That's yeah, you know, that that that's exactly the words that I remember hearing be, pre, before that give me the opinion that they probably found the best guy, but the dollar amount they're not willing to give up or. Um, you know, the other candidates, they like it better. It's just not, you know, not a place to come because the allegations against the, this program hasn't fully been settled. So who wants to get involved in that? No one does. So, um, yeah, uh, the Arizona State on that front has really screwed themselves on that, and, and it's it's uh, bad news bears. Um, but uh, 
We'll go ahead and move on to uh, Sons, which is our last topic. So about a half an hour or so of, of that. And uh, that is next on Big Sky Sports Talk, unofficially presented by Booyah Billings. Yesterday we had the conversation about the leadership of Kevin Durant. Well, Frank Vogel um, kind of uh, defended Kevin Durant's. Well, not kind of. He did defend uh, Kevin Durant's uh, question of, of leadership and then also gives us a an update on uh, Bradley, Be- Bradley Beal going forward. Sun's back at it post-All-Star break starting tomorrow night in Dallas. It's our pleasure to welcome the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, Frank Vogel. To the show via the Arizona Sports Line. Coach, good morning. How Frank, are you? Frank, how are you? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well. How was the uh, how was the break for you? Oh, it was outstanding. The great opportunity to recharge the batteries, mm-hmm. uh, spend time with family, and, and get ready for the stress run. All right, Frank, we've got a couple of new additions. Royce O'Neal in a few games he's played so far looks like a hand-in-glove kind of fit. Now Thaddeus Young is going to be joining the basketball team. How excited are you, and how are you going to get these pieces fully integrated going forward? Yeah, really excited about uh, both of those guys joining our club. You know, we felt like we have a a roster that uh, can compete for a championship, but we wanted to make some, some improvements around the margins, and uh, those two guys definitely feel like uh, are going to help us. Um, you know, Thaddeus definitely with the with the depth at the center position or power forward position. He's, he can play four or five. And Royce has already made an immediate impact on our team, uh, helping us win a couple games going into the into the break at a plus 37 plus minus against Detroit the other night, and uh, really shows what he can do on on both sides of the ball. Frank Vogel, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings during Newsmakers Week. Uh, I think a lot of Suns fans, you know, the day before you guys getting back at it, are curious about the condition of Bradley Beal, had the ankle injury uh, before the break, still dealing with the nose. Do you have any update on, on, on Brad's status moving forward, Frank? Yeah, Brad had a procedure on his nose, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, that has been reset and uh, is, be, is behind him. Uh, the hamstring is doing well, and um, you know we got to see how he responds to uh, yesterday's work. Uh, we'll have a practice today, uh, later today in Dallas, uh, which will really be able to to get out and test it and see how it feels. But we're hoping to have him available. You've uh, you've said all along that you expected this team to be dominant, to give them time, to let this thing kind of percolate a little bit. You've been through some rough stretches. You've dealt with some injuries. How close are you to being that team that you've envisioned, and what's it going to take to get there? I think we're close. You know, we played some, some really good basketball. Uh, I think we're 19 and seven since since Christmas, and um, you know that's one of the best records in the league during that stretch. Uh, I, I think if we can stay healthy, we have as good a chance as anybody to win this thing. And um, you know, obviously there's there's always room for improvement. There are things that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to our guys about today for uh, for this stretch run that um, things we need to uh, to get better at to to achieve our goals and and to position ourselves. Uh, the best way we can going into the playoffs, but um, but I like where we're at. You mentioned Christmas Day and the record since Christmas being what it is, very impressive, but on Christmas Day itself, and, and, and some people, as you know, point to Christmas Day as the unofficial beginning of the NBA season. Dallas beat you pretty good on Christmas Day. After that game, Coach, was there a concerted effort by your team to get together and say no more of this, or or, or what we're seeing, did that just happen more organically? 
No, I don't think it was anything like that. I, I think we were just we were moving in the right direction at that time. And, um, you know, we had a, a little bit of a step back with how we, how we performed on that, that day in that game. Uh, but we felt good about, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that we were getting healthy. Um, the guys, the, the big three, were getting minutes together so they can build the cohesion necessary to win at the highest level. Uh, but that it was still really in the embryo stage of, of those guys learning each other and figuring, figuring each other out. So uh, we felt confident about what it was going to look like. That you knew there was going to be some bumps in the road. That day was definitely one of them. Um, but we, we, we remained confident uh, throughout uh, about what we can accomplish. Now, you are a championship coach, which means you've been through the gauntlet. You know what it takes to win playoff series uh, all the way up the ladder. So a couple of the perceived weaknesses of the Suns I want to run by you. Number one, the need for a real established point guard. Is this going to be an issue when you get in a best of series and maybe you start getting blitzed in the backcourt? And B, the the on-court leadership issue that I think Charles Barkley just referenced um, that, that may not pop off the screen to some people. Are these issues, are these hurdles you have to get over uh they're not anything that, that gives me a great deal of concern uh, to be honest you know i, I feel like we've had a uh, had a few moments where um you know ball pressure in the backcourt has hurt us but our guys have, have for the most part handled that really well uh i think you know i would call it normal bumps in the road for uh, guys that have not played full-time point guard throughout the career that are are being asked to do that you know it's, it's not going to be perfect all the time but um i think the benefits of having uh, those guys all out there together far outweigh uh, any type of pressure that we're we're going to face. And, you know, I, I really love uh, the leadership structure that we have uh, with our group. Bradley, Devin, and, and, and KD have all shown uh, great forms of leadership throughout the, the early part of this season and, you know, have positioned our, uh, you know, our, our team uh, to have a great stretch run and, and to do something special. Frank Vogel, the head coach of the Suns, our guest here on Arizona Sports. I want to stay on that subject of leadership, and my partner mentioned it. Charles Barkley referenced it during one of the alt-cast of the All-Star game, calling out Kevin Durant's, uh, what he believes is a lack of leadership. I'd love to get your perspective, because this is something that has followed KD in his career. You've you've been with him now for 55 games, and and, up close and personal, you see the leadership style of Kevin Durant. How would you describe it? Well, he definitely leads leads by example, uh, but he also speaks up when he needs to. You know, uh, not every player is going to be a rah rah type, and um, you know, uh, you know, to be that that type of of, of guy. But you know, every uh, every player leads in their own way. You have to lead within your personality. You know, like I learned that as a coach a long time ago that you know, I can't come in and, and try to be uh, Rick Pitino as much as he inspired me to get into coaching. Our, our personalities are different. I have to coach within my personality. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody has to, you know, from a player standpoint, uh, has, has to lead that way within their personality. And I think KD does a great job of doing that. One of the cool things that, you, that, you're, that you're privileged to witness is the growing camaraderie and the growing friendship between KD and Devin Booker. They really do seem to vibe with one another, and, and their talent speaks for itself. Shed some light on this. Tell our listeners what it's like to be able to mentor and coach these guys, and and what what does it look like behind closed doors? I think there's just a, a, a great deal uh, of appreciation for each other's game, first and foremost. You know, I, I think that's where it, it always begins with uh, you know chemistry between your stars, and um, you know those guys have the utmost respect. Uh, you know, for each other. Obviously, they're they're different phases of their career, and, and KD. Uh, looks at Devin as one of the best young players in the league, and and, and Book looks at K 
KD is one of the greatest ever to do it, you know, and somebody that he, he watched when he was a high schooler growing up. So I think the appreciation is at the highest possible level. And then when you have two guys that really connect the way they have off the basketball court, you know, I think it, uh, it, it just strengthens even further. And, you know, it's just another reason why we have a, a great deal of belief of what we can do this year. All right, finally, this closing stretch in the Western Conference is going to be nuts. Uh, the, the, the amount of good teams, the young, unproven ones at the top, uh, the teams like the Lakers and the Warriors who are trying to get something going. What, what's this going to feel like? How excited are you for these next 27 games? Every game is going to feel like a playoff game. You know, quite frankly, you know, there, there are. There are a ton of really good teams. Uh, we saw last year when a team like the Dallas Mavericks with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic doesn't even make the play-in tournament, just, just how, um, how close the, these races will become. Uh, there will be a team this year that, you know, has super high expectations that doesn't make the playoffs, you know, or, or doesn't make the play-in even, you know. And, um, you know, that's why every game matters. you got to come out of the gate strong and, and win as many games as possible because the competition in the Western Conference is fierce. And, uh, but it's something that we welcome. You know, I, I think, honestly, I think having it, uh, having it be that fierce and have these regular season games uh, be so intense are only going to help us uh, help prepare us for the, the playoffs and help us to have, have success during that, that run. So, you know, we, we embrace it, we welcome it, and uh, feel very confident that we're going to come out on top. Well, we're looking forward yeah. to this stretch run. Coach, thanks so yeah, much for the you, uh, time this morning. Best of luck tomorrow night against Dallas. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank Appreciate you, Frank it. Vogel, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, joining us for a Newsmakers Week. A lot of territory covered there, and uh, good news on the Bradley Beal front. Too. Yeah. I think uh, Brad's uh, full um, um, label or, or whatever his status is is questionable, and, and I think it might be more uh, game time decision kind of thing. Um, they mentioned Thaddeus Young, that he is uh, – um, you know, he was rumored to have been uh, bought out, and uh, now that has been official. I think uh, was it uh, uh, yesterday, late yesterday or early today? I can't remember. Being sick, uh, my days are kind of running together. Um, but now we get to hear from uh, Thad Young. This joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show, and that is Thaddeus Young joins us here on Arizona Sports, the flagship home of the Suns. Thaddeus, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome to the show. We appreciate the time, and welcome to Phoenix, man. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, happy to, happy to finally get signed and, you know, get with the team so we can start working. Yeah, finally in Phoenix. I mean, I go 2019, 2021, 2014. I mean, I there's like three or four times I've been doing this show for 27 years. There's at least four different years where you were tied to coming to the Phoenix Suns, weren't you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was the first thing uh, once I got on the phone with James uh, and Coach. That was the first thing. Like we we said, like finally, like we have a chance. We have a chance to get together and finally, like you know, do work together. So, you know, this is this is a, a great time and a, a great experience. Uh, you, know, um, you know, I'm happy to be, you know, a Phoenix son, and I'm just ready to get to work. What do you think was the closest you came to coming to Phoenix in previous years? Were you ever very close to coming here? Uh, Yeah, I mean, there was a, a, a long time ago uh, with the Sixers. Um, I was close to uh, – 
coming to being traded to Phoenix uh, between Phoenix and Houston. Uh, those trades fell through at the deadline. And then um, um, most recently was with uh, was with the San Antonio Spurs right before I went, um, you know, I was traded to Toronto. Um, they were talking to San Antonio to try to get a trade going for uh, Dario Sarge, uh, I want to say like Langston Galloway and, um, and maybe one other player or something like that. Sticks, I think, uh, Sticks from uh, yeah, Indiana. The the yeah. Yeah, 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 remember that as well. Thaddeus Young, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. He's in Dallas with the team as they get ready to take on the Mavs. You chose the Phoenix Suns in the buyout market. You chose to come to this team. Tell our audience why. Uh, tell our audience what was it about the Sun situation that appealed to you. Uh, why did you choose Phoenix? Uh, simply because um, I felt like it was the best fit, you know, for me to come in and, um, you know, not not only just play, but, you know, help uh, with mentoring young guys as well because, you know, we have a lot of young guys on the bench that's going to play some big minutes for us, um, as well as uh, coming and helping the team, you know, when – you know, we've decided to go into that small ball lineup, you know, with, you know, smaller five, which could be me. You know, I have the ability and a certain skill set to be able to come out of those double teams when K is getting doubled or you have Dev getting doubled or, or Brad getting doubled, you know, to be able to make reads and plays out of the double team uh, and, and make the right decisions. Um, and then I think another thing was uh, the defensive versatility that I can bring to the team. Um, being a, a small ball five or, you know, going in at that four spot uh, gives us a, another dynamic on the defensive side of the basketball. We kind of looked through your – when you agreed to come with the Suns, we looked the, at your stat page. And one thing that kind of jumps off of the page is that – and not that it's your responsibility, but a lot of the teams that you have been on haven't enjoyed deep runs in the playoffs or, or a ton of success. Was that a factor, knowing that you were joining a team that would, that at least had the potential to make a big run come April and May? Yeah, for sure. Definitely, um, you know, uh, a big factor, you know, um, you know, being in, you know, the time I've been in the league and, and going with a team that has, uh, you know, some veteran experience with a lot of, of firepower, but a team that I can complement very well to where, you know, um, I'm, I can go out there and, you know, be able to, you know, um, you know, help, you know, do the job to get, get wins as well as, you know, potentially get help get us to the championship. What do you think about small ball five in the NBA today? How efficient is it? Can it work against just about everybody, or it can, is it just better suited for limited times? Uh, I think it's. Uh, I mean, you've seen teams in the past, um, you know, go small ball five and make it to and make it to the championship, and then um, and make it to the conference finals. Uh, you know, I think that's the 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 thing that's going to um, be a determining factor now um, with teams because. You know, you, you start playing that small ball five, now teams are playing faster against, you know, teams with bigger fives. Um, and the game doesn't slow down. It only gets faster. So now you force, force teams to kind of match up with you as opposed to you having to match up to the other team. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it does uh, play a big role and a big factor in getting wins and helping teams get past certain teams in certain rounds. 2007 NBA draft, man, that was a long time ago. Kevin Durant, Al Horford, Mike Conley, Jeff Green, so many guys like yourself still playing. You get to match up and play with Kevin Durant, who is also, you know, of course, in that draft class. What's it going to be like for you to play with KD? Uh, It's going to be great. Um, 
you know, um, you know, we're very familiar with each other just from like, you know, our high school class. We're McDonald's All Americans together, Hoop Summit game together. Um, you know, um we uh we also were uh, Jordan game MVPs together. So uh we're very familiar with each other. We've had a, a long withstanding relationship, you know, a friendship that has went, you know, twenty or so years. So you know, for us, you know, I, I think it's it's always going to be great. You know, it's always great when you can get guys who are familiar and comfortable with each other. But, um, you know, I've you know known EG for a while. I've known Dev for a while. You know, so, you know, just knowing these guys, knowing Brad for a while, and then we all have AAU programs as well. So we see each other in the summer. You know, when we're with our AAU programs and moving around with those guys. So, um, you know, just being you know in the mix with those guys for for previous years, and you know now we get a chance to play play with each other on the same team is huge. Thaddeus Young, our guest here for a couple more moments on the Burns and Gambo show. Um, in terms of an expectation from you about the team that you just joined, do, do you have an expectation on how many minutes a night you'll get? Have you been told how many minutes you'll get a night? Does that not matter that much to you? Where, where do you where do you fall when it comes to what your expectations are of what they think in terms of how often you're going to play? Honestly, for me, um, you know, I, I told Frank this and I told James this, like, you know, I'm a, a whatever it takes type guy. So, you know, whatever it takes, you know, if it, if it's nights where I'm not playing, hey, so be it. I'll figure out other ways to, you know, stay engaged with the game and help guys, uh, young guys on the bench and stuff stay engaged in the game. Um, you know, if uh, if it's nice where I'm playing, I'm going to give you my all 100% and I'm going to do whatever it takes to help us get that win. So, you know, I'm, I'm a whatever it takes type guy, you know, um, you know, I've, you know, seen a lot of basketball, played a lot of basketball, you know, it's probably two guys, only two guys on the roster <laughs> that's played over a thousand basketball games. And that's probably me and KD. So, you know, like I said, I've seen a lot, you know, and I understand, you know, uh, what the role is and, and what's needed at certain points in times. And, you know, um, you know, they're they're giving me, you know, free will to be able to speak to guys and talk to guys and coach guys up, but also uh when I'm in the game to be able to, you know, uh tell them and give them my thoughts on what I see. I'm fascinated by that answer. As an older player, I could see how that works for you. A lot of the younger players, when you're when you're bought out, you want a guarantee. You want I want to know I'm going to play 20 minutes a game. I want, I'm worried about my next contract. I I can't come here and sit the bench. I need to know that I'm going to get 15, 20 minutes a game and be a part of it. It's a little bit different for you, then, huh? Yeah, I mean, for me, I've always been a guy that um, you know puts in the time and the work and the effort and just like trust my trust the work that I put into my craft. Um, as long as I keep that faith and that trust in, in my craft, then things uh, things will pan itself out. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's just a matter of just continuously, you know, being ready at all all times. And whatever time is given for me to go out there and have the opportunity, just seize the moment and take advantage of it. Well, we were joking about this with Eric Gordon when he joined us uh, a little bit ago about how it, it to, to Gambo's point, it does seem like we've been talking about him joining the Suns for forever. It seems like we've been talking about you joining the Suns for a long, long time, Thaddeus. So welcome to the team. Uh, welcome to town. Uh, good luck to you guys tomorrow against the Dallas Mavericks. We really appreciate your time today, okay? No problem. Thank you. Thanks, Thaddeus. Yeah, Thaddeus Young joining us here. A great conversation. On the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, that was – and Almost traded for Dario Saric, Langston Galloway, and Jalen Smith. He just basically spelled it out. He, he did. Yeah, he pretty much did. He pretty much did. But no guarantee of minutes. No, I need to play X number of minutes a, a night from Thaddeus. And I don't know if I, I expected him to say that there would have been, but it's pretty obvious that there might be some nights he doesn't play, and he's cool with that. Thanks for watching Burns and Gambo. Click to see. 
That that came up a lot quicker than I expected. I'm usually hovering over that button to get rid of that. Um, but yeah, whatever it takes. I mean, when you've been in the league for as long as he has, that's the only attitude you should have. You know, um, I, I, you know, I wouldn't expect him to say anything anything different. I'm thinking it, it, he's going to be between ten and twenty minutes uh, when he plays. I don't know what the average is going to be, but some somewhere in there. Um. That was second topic that that uh, was mentioned with with Frank. He talked about um, the break. Talked about Kevin Durant. He mentioned Thad uh, joining the team. The other thing he mentioned is how crucial it's going to be for the Suns' last twenty seven games. And that so that's the last topic we'll get into. Um, and a lot of competition. He he said uh, that it's every game is going to feel like a playoff atmosphere. And uh, hopefully they can go on a big run um, because the West is so congested. They, they just need to have that win-now mentality. Start with this one right here. Um, there are 27 games left for the Phoenix Suns. Did you know that? Did mm-hmm. you know that? Oh, okay, good. That's one um, of the questions, right? Yeah, 20, <laughs> 27 games left. Um, where do you start, buddy? Where does your mind go? What do you think of? Uh, health. Uh, they... The team, I think more so a specific few couple of players, really needs this two months to kind of gel together. Uh, the story I wrote on ArizonaSports.com, which you can read on the front page right now, is based off of the theory, uh, or whatever you want to call it, the presumption from Vegas that right now their title odds tell you paint a picture and that there are four teams that they truly believe have a chance to win a title this year. The Suns are not one of them. Uh, the Thunder, Timberwolves, uh, Cavs, Knicks. There's a lot of teams that are really darn good that if we were sitting here and talking about, like, who could win the championship this year? Mm. There are teams that we would name, like the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but they don't believe it. And and I wonder if there's things I do. I don't wonder. I do believe that the Suns have enough that they can improve on over the next two months to certify themselves to get back in that tier with the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Bucks, uh, and the Clippers. But... For now, uh, they've kind of faded out of the conversation. They were that team in the Clippers spot two months ago, and ever since the Clippers rise and the Suns um, playing the way that they have hasn't been enough to justify that. But I think that staying healthy is the main thing because they need to improve as a team. I think that more specifically with Bradley Beal especially, he really needs this time because every time we talk about him starting to look like Bradley Beal again, he gets hurt. Um, And it's just... It's bad luck. It is what it is, but at a certain point, it just needs to stop happening. And once he starts looking like Bradley Beal and he's comfortable enough in his role to be the player that he is in certain pockets of the game when they need him to be, uh, that is when they will look like an elite team, in my opinion. Uh, Best case scenario in your mind, how do things play out with Thaddeus Young? Oh, we can play Brad or Thad now on the show. Wolf, look at that. Oh, that worked out. Yeah, that's okay. that's good. Sorry, Callum. Not as exciting of a version. No, no offense to really those guys. No. I think the best case version is that he completely unlocks them as a small ball team, and I think that the conversation around small ball increases anxiety for some because you're talking about a Western Conference where even teams like the Pelicans and the Clippers still have like Jonas Valanciunas and Avika Zubac who are two. Bigs you need to take seriously, and I think Suns fans have learned uh, more than other fan bases about how those two guys can play well in the postseason because both were pretty darn good against the Suns in the postseason already, but then you're talking about Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Towns, Gobert, you go down the list. Even in Oklahoma City, yes, Chet Holmgren, I, I outweigh by 70 pounds, but at the same time, 
he is someone who has been a force this year in certain ways and is someone who, if you play small against, they can punish to a certain extent. So, again, it increases trepidation, but at the same time, I think the Suns just need to adapt right now to the best version of what their team can be. And I think the trade of Roy- trade for Royce, Royce O'Neal, the signing of Thaddeus Young, could potentially lead to their best version of themselves being one that embraces small ball more frequently. It's the thing when you talk about small ball. No, I'm not saying bench Yusuf Nurkic and don't play him. I'm saying some nights probably just play him 20. Other nights play him 35 when he's playing great. But that Golden State game, for example, five minutes left in that game, like they should have went small. And they need to be able to like flip that switch instantly. And unlocking that over the next two months um, is going to be something important. And to your question on Thad Young, he, in theory, makes that easier. If he is someone who is capable enough defensively, he's got great hands, he's a really good passer, he's a smart player on mm. both ends of the floor, really knows the gaps to fill defensively, but at his age, can he still get to those gaps? At his age, can he still rebound enough and protect the rim enough in the ways that you need him still to do in these small lines? Because if he can do that, then that solves a lot of problems for them. You know, it's interesting listening to you talk because if you reference Thaddeus Young and Royce O'Neal in regard to the defensive end of the floor, you must think they need to improve on the defensive end of the floor. Is that the biggest improvement? They, They need to get better defensively with what they're trying to do, if that makes sense. Uh, There's a lot of situations where they're switching more often than not, and if your center in this situation, center in quotes, can switch, uh, that helps a lot. And Thad is someone who has been switchable and versatile as a defender for pretty much his entire career. Now am I saying he can switch and guard De'Aaron Fox in isolation? No, but he can make those transitions a lot easier uh, with him at that spot and then on offense you get his passing as well the biggest point of improvement for them wolf has to be fourth quarters and like we just can't stop talking about it because it's been such a problem for them right i looked at the numbers and the story and their numbers have actually gotten worse if you compare the two stretches so we got the 14 and 15 stretch and then post christmas we've got 19 and 7 their offensive rating has actually gone down in the fourth quarter it's gotten worse their defensive rating has gone up it's gotten worse only slightly, but that's comparing to historically bad fourth quarter numbers. So you there is no possible way to win a playoff series with the way that they are playing in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. right now. So unless we look at this, so that's 29 games and then 26 games, and we've got 27 left. So in these 27, if they're not a top 20 team in the fourth quarter, it's all I'm asking for here, be top 20 in net rating in the fourth quarter. If they're not there, like I don't think I'll pick them to win a playoff series because you need to – like. It's the playoffs. Every game is close. Like I, I don't feel like I'm being too like simple-minded here, but at the same point, <laughs> it's the playoffs, and it's the fourth quarter of playoff games. You like, need you to need win to, close games. Yeah. Uh, the story is how the Suns can certify elite status after the NBA All-Star break by Kellen Olsen. Kellen, did you know you wrote this? I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the rest of, of the regular season, just in terms of standings, they're only three games back of Denver. They're four games back of the Clippers, four and a half back of Oklahoma City. So it's not inconceivable they could get into a top-four spot. How much does that matter to you with this team that they would have home court in the first or even maybe second round? Not much. I haven't thought about it really that much because they've got so many other things to consider. And I think that the West is so not wide open, but to a point where it's more about matchups. It kind of almost feels more like the NCAA tournament than anything where it's going to be more matchup based because I think that there is a path for every team where they could get stifled in the first round because they get that team that is the best matchup for them. And that's typically not how the NBA has been over the years, but I feel that way. So for example, um, 
I think that the Suns are a pretty great matchup for a team like Oklahoma City. I think some people listening who are high on OKC, I'm someone who was, I picked them to finish fifth in the West coming into the year. I thought they were going to be really darn good. Um, but you look at the experience mismatch there, uh, OKC is just so young and they just have so little experience to me. So if they draw OKC, I think Minnesota is a pretty darn good matchup for them as well. Uh, but then you go down to some of the other teams. I think Dallas, I mean, speaks for itself, mm-hmm. right? If Dallas was to come around, Denver speaks for itself. Um, but there Clippers? are some some matchups. I, I'm not worried about the Clippers, okay. personally. Okay. I, I still kind of remain in that camp. They are a matchup that uh, poises some issues, but I think at the same time, the Suns are going to be far more equipped from a coaching perspective to counter what Ty Lue has been doing with Frank Vogel as opposed to what they had last year. Kellen, great stuff Thank as always, you, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for watching. All right, and that is the uh, the show. Um, that's everything I have on Suns. Of course, everything I, I had on um, ASU. Um, so, yeah, there it is. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening uh, for a second night with me uh, hacking my lungs away and powering through that. Um, thank you for your prayers on that front and then uh, your prayers on um, the uh, moving situation that was thrown at us uh, today. Um, it means a lot to me if, if you are praying for uh, um, both of those, but it's more important uh, that you pray for the moving situation than, than my health. I could care less about that part for the most part. It's time for me to get off of here as I had uh, just another hacking of my lungs just now. But I uh, want to say I appreciate it so much. As per usual. Um, Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, um, and uh, YouTube mi- Music, just to uh, name a few uh, platforms to listen. Please uh, uh, follow those platforms. Um, hit the bell notification on those platforms so that way you're notified of uh, a, a show that's uh, b- being released. Um, share it on social media if you don't mind. That helps get the word out if you if, uh, if you uh, can do that, that would be fantastic. Um, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, your enemies about the uh, show to uh, help further the word. Um, and then if you want to email me, talk at gmail.com. Feel free to do so. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything to add uh, to anything we talk about at any given moment, I'm always open to that. You can shoot me a direct message on social media. We have a couple of social media pages, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, You can post some comments, um, but don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share uh, those as well. And, um, you know, follow the pages. uh, That way you you stay in the loop about uh, everything to, to come. I'm excited for the Suns tomorrow. Hopefully, I'm feeling a lot better. I'm going to be watching the game regardless unless I take some medicine that just completely knocks me out, which might happen, but we'll see. Um, So let's go, Suns. And uh, that's it. Until next time, thank you.